Soccer highlights and all the baseball scores in sports at 11. The following program is brought to you in living color on Pop Syndicate. KTBR Break Room. Hear the drummer get wicked. Turn it up. Looks like you're about a thousand gallons light here, Mike. Where's the juice? Methylamine isn't coming. Who the hell are you? I'm the man who's keeping it. <laughs> who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. Say my name. You what? I don't, I don't have a damn clue who the hell you are. Yeah, you do. I'm the cook. I'm the man who killed Gus Fring. Bullshit. Cartel Gus Fring. You sure? Now, say my name. You're the break room. You're goddamn right. <laughs> Podcasting live from the break room towers in the scrotum of the DFW Metroplex, it's The Break Room with Mark, Dustin, and Thomas. Minus Thomas. <laughs> yeah, we are... Uh, oh, he's still here. So, yeah, Jackson... He's here. He's here in spirit. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're... We are down two men. We are in the Slumber Party Part 3. Stefan's still looking at us with a nice smile on yeah. his face, but he's not, he's not actually active on the mic. There's a, body, there's a body count so far, so that's very appropriate to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it is. is. We're down two bodies. Uh, Stefan is asleep on the couch, and Thomas is uh, curled up with his his, uh, his pookie poo his, his bed. And we don't mean his vagina. <coughs> and his cat, yeah. So it's just... Uh, that guy? It's just yeah. uh, <laughs> Dustin and me and Kit, and uh, here we are. And Zed will maybe be here Zed later. Zed is supposed to make an appearance here uh, shortly, we'll sometime in the near time future. <laughs> exactly. But we were having, uh, some would call it interesting, some maybe not. I think most people would say it's air. interesting. Um, about uh, you can turn it off, that's alright. You have to get yeah. closer to that mic, by the way. Okay, thank one. you. Yeah, you might scoot the chair. Closer? Produce on air. Produce on air. I'm just saying. I have intimacy issues. So he had, <laughs> he had the other mic earlier, which you could just jack up in there. Just jack just it off in your mouth. it right in your mouth, yeah. Right. you got to get really close to that this one. This microphone smells funny. <laughs> well, that's because it's Thomas. Just don't, I'm, not, I'm just not. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about the current state of the horror industry and... Uh, Remakes. And, remake. And, and specifically remakes. And that was that the... Uh, the announce. Well, you tell us the announcement. Well, there, uh, there was news. a recent announcement that Paramount uh, has had the rights to the Friday the Thirteenth franchise returned to them from Warner Brothers. Uh, apparently, recently they were uh, they were sharing that, and uh, they're going to have uh, five years to produce as many Friday the Thirteenth movies as they would like to do. 
uh, before the rights are going to revert back to um, to Warner Brothers, I guess. So they're they, breaking the news. So now. is it they only get five years, or is it contingent upon they produce a film within the next five years? From what I understand, it's it's they have five years to do whatever it is they'd like to do with, and with then the it series. reverts. Ah, and then, okay. right, and, then uh, and I think Warner Brothers has the right ha, had the rights to the series because they, I mean, I think they've had like uh, foreign rights since the beginning. Like they distributed the series uh, overseas. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, I always thought it was Paramount because I mean, obviously they always had the Paramount logo and everything yeah, in the beginning. It, it's kind of weird in America. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Paramount. Um, and I guess at some point Paramount sold it, uh, and so that's why New Line had the Friday Thirteenth series for a while. But now they've got oh, yeah. it back, and horror's hot, so they want to. And, and nostalgia, you know, is is, is hot right now. Nostalgia's always hot. my horny level. Yeah. Nostalgia's always hot. Yeah, and. Uh, Whatever studio has um, Texas Chainsaw, I mean, they're they're thinking of churning out like uh, a a new Texas Chainsaw movie per year, like they, they did with the Jesus song. Christ. I'm not surprised. Song. I feel like they already have done that. Well, they they lost they they lost. I don't want to say lost, but the Saw series. What, what was it? Lionsgate, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's the same studio, and so they don't have Saw anymore. So now they're doing. What are they not? Sorry, why do they not have Saw anymore? They're just not doing them anymore. I guess they stopped making as much money. So they were like, we've done we, enough. And we well, need... What did they get to, nine films? Uh, I want to say it was like six or seven. <coughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was a lot. And, and, and of course, the pun now is that, you know, Saw to the original Saw. So, yeah. So now they're wanting to do... Uh, from, what I've, from what I understand, they have at least like six or seven uh, Texas Chainsaw. I'm surprised sequels. they're not already remaking nah. the original Saw. Well, <laughs> the, the one they did... Um, yeah, good point. Uh, and the the chainsaw se- uh, that they did recently was That's a good point a, a sequel to uh, the original chainsaw from seventy four so I mean they're at least they're kicking it off but yeah yeah chainsaw massacre series has always been one that I've I don't know it's not not always been one of my favorites but I thought the remake I don't even remember what it was the first time they remade the new ones right I thought was decent. Uh, and I actually liked it a little bit better than the original 74. I mean, the 74 has got like a creepy, it's 1974 camera work to right, it, you know, yeah. and stuff. But I, I just like the newer one a little bit better. And there's, and there, I mean, the, the Chainsaw is probably, it's probably one of the, the loosest series as far as continuity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Leatherface is, I mean, the only place he hasn't been, I think, is to space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did like uh, the Matthew McConaughey one. That was a, that was that was uh, part two, right? Yeah, two. I think it was. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was um, that was actually four. Uh, oh, was that four? Oh, well, I thought it was yeah. two. Okay. Uh, it was Matthew McConaughey and his random electric leg that would went haywire near the end. Two is the one with uh, with uh, Dennis Hopper. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, been so long since I've seen those. And again, you know, it's all you know. I mean, very loose continuity. Yeah. You, know, you have Leatherface and a new family and everyone. Yeah, exactly. Leatherface is it. Yeah, wherever he's going to be, he's the constant, right? But uh, yeah, I'm personally pretty excited about the Friday the Thirteenth series and the. I just, you know, actually, even with that series, I was about to say I hope they don't do it badly because they're trying to rush it, but I really don't care because they're all kind of bad. As long as you so, have the, you know, the same yeah. few ingredients, you know, yeah, Jason. In the woods, horny campers, boobs, and a machete. Exactly. I mean, you, you really can't go wrong. I mean, it's pretty. I think, and Friday Thirteenth fans are pretty easy to to please in that regard. The one thing that I have heard that they are going to do possibly is have it uh, in the winter, so you have like a snowy 
Hmm. Uh, and and uh, for whatever that lends itself to a lot less boobs, though. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could have it inside by the campfire, or does it? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll still stick some boobs in there. Oh, somewhere. boobs will be there. I'm Plus, sure. But... You'll have, you get more nipples, and yeah, you know, that way. Yeah. True. I wonder if they'll bring back Tommy in the in the newer series again. I think they should. Yeah, yeah. it's just something to connect. Uh, what was the um, speaking of winter? What was the uh, campers versus zombies movie that came out? Uh, it was Nazi zombies. Oh yeah, uh, uh, it was a Finnish movie that was really good. Like for a simple movie. Yeah, what was that? That was, uh, that was Dead the, Snow. Dead Snow. Yeah, okay. and they, I think they just came out with a for with a sequel, Dead Snow Two. Oh, did they? That took place after, like, right at the end of Dead Snow. Even more Dead Snow. When it was the, it was the guy that that <laughs> was snowier survived at the end <laughs> exactly. of Dead Snow. I think it started right there. I know the guy who who did Dead Snow. He did a a recent movie. Holy Recent America. American movie right. uh, that just came out and uh, we would probably have to IMDB it and I can't think of, it was uh, a, a, like a big mainstream movie um, so I I'm not sure about Dead Snow 2 but uh, but yeah any anything that you can you can stick a bunch of imperiled teens oh, yeah. who are willing to get naked and die horribly whether it's Nazi zombies or whether much like the show yeah, <laughs> that's what we do on a weekly basis. Yeah, and, and obviously it pays off. It does. Right. Yeah, it pays off in nothing dollars. <laughs> right, but you know we continue to do it. But um, yeah, I just me and my stepbrothers we used to watch. Um, we used to put our bunk beds together and have room for activities, and so we watch. Uh, then we go ahead and watch the Friday the Thirteenth series, and it was it was just one of those. I don't know why it was just one of those things that we would like my oldest stepbrother was living with us for a little while and while he was living with us he was like you want to just go through all these i'm like sure i'm like 14 or whatever 13 perfect age yeah and i loved them i loved all of them i'll be honest that the friday the 13th when i saw the or not friday the 13th um nightmare on elm street i saw the very first one of those when i was like seven or something and it kind of freaked me out i'm not yeah, gonna lie no sure especially him um, freddie dragging that woman across the ceiling and all that other stuff i was like ah and i watched it with my father of all and he's like I was like, I don't know. It kind of bothered me. He's like, well, you better go to sleep out here right now. I'm about to go to bed. I'm like, okay, well, appreciate that. Appreciate that support. But uh, I, I just never, I don't know if that's what it was, but I, I never liked the snarky Nightmare on Elm Street as much as I did just the flat, just slasher angle of Friday the 13th. The very, yeah, the very basic, you know. Yeah. yeah uh, like I rooted for Jason and Freddy versus Jason. That's who I wanted to win. Well, yeah, and Jason was the more <laughs> sympathetic, you know, kind of... Uh, Put upon character in that, at a, you know, as the uh, the sad mongoloid boy. You know, exactly. He misses his mommy. Exactly. And, he misses his mommy. And these damn campers killed her, you know, <laughs> or let him die drowning or whatever it was. So, so the only cure for that is to, to stick a machete in, into them. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't work it out any other way. you, you got to machete them, definitely. Well, I mean, and, and Jason and Freddie and Michael and Leatherface have, have definitely become the, you know, the modern movie monsters you know the dracula oh, yeah. frankenstein wolfman of, of today absolutely and so even though uh, something i was reading online the other day is how people are complaining about remakes but really even before there were remakes there have always been new series like you know back in the day there would always be a new dracula a new frankenstein a new wolfman movie yeah Back then, they weren't considered remakes. They were just, oh, here's a new movie featuring this character. Right. And it's the same thing today. Uh, but since these characters are are the new movie monsters, you know, you're just yeah. going to, every, every couple, of, couple of years, you're just going to have a recycle of the old formula. Plus, I, I think that whole complaint is bullshit anyway, because, I mean, honestly, 
yeah, we're, you know, people in our thirties and forties, you know, around here. And, um, you know, somebody that's 20, they don't know, they didn't they watch, right. you know, Friday the 13th in 1981 or what, whatever it was. This is totally new to them. Scream is their Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And even Scream, you know, the 18, you know, 17 year old, that's kind of old to them. You know, Crazy, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, and even the remake was a few years ago at this point. I, I mean, I think your audience cycles every, you know, five years oh, or so sure. easily. Well, that, that's what Hollywood's making on. Yeah. I mean, they do though, really, you know. Yeah. And and Jason is a refrigerator magnet right now. You know? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, like you said, you said you used to you would uh, cheer for Jason versus Freddy. Yeah. I think a lot of people even cheer for Jason versus the campers. Sure, you know because you have uh, you know a bunch of asshole teens. Yeah, you know who are you know acting like dickheads, and then Jason comes <laughs> along and you know sticks a knife through them, and everybody cheers. Yeah, and even in these, uh, and yeah, there's something sympathetic about him with, like you said, the kid yeah. drowning, and then on top of that, like if there's kids at the camp, he doesn't kill the kids either. Right, exactly. leaves them. Yeah. He's just killing the asshole te- uh, teenagers. Exactly. Freddie would just kill everyone, you know. Right. So he has no sympathy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, there's something interesting. It's an interesting psychological dynamic to to uh, Friday the Thirteenth that you can kind of almost see a little bit where he's coming from. Yeah, and yeah. At this point, they're not going anywhere. Because, yeah, exactly. Because they've they've taken such a foothold as far as uh, you know modern day horror movie monsters. That there's always going to be somebody. It, they've been around for so long that someone's always going to come along and say, "Hey, I remember when I was a kid and I saw Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, that was fun. I'm a filmmaker. I'm going to make the next, you know, version of Jason. Oh yeah. And so, you know, at this point, Jason is is you know like a, a Dracula or, or Frankenstein, where there's always going to be someone who wants to take him and put their imprint. On. Just uh, don't remake. Uh, Friday Thirteenth Five. As long as you don't do that, then we're good. <laughs> you know, you'll know what, that we have reached the uh, precipice when we get a uh, Monster Squad type movie with Jason and Freddy plus Dracula plus the uh, oh yeah mummy plus the merman. <laughs> Man, yeah. I would I would love that movie. You, I guess that would who would that be? It would be Jason, Michael, Freddy Leatherface, maybe Chucky. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, speaking of remakes and and uh, new. Uh, versions of, of previously popular series uh there is a new chucky movie really that is awesome. ignoring bride of chucky and seed of chucky and it's picking up after the third uh before it became sort of like a, a dark, dark comedy yeah, yeah. Campy series. uh i can't i can't think of what it's called right now but it's going it's actually going direct to dvd hmm. um this halloween I'm going to throw out a hot opinion and say I, I never really liked Chucky. I like the first one. I rewatched one. the first one recently, and it, I was just like, uh, I just, I don't like it. I like the first one. The first one's an interesting creature in that it's almost yeah. like a, uh, almost like a, I want to say a whodunit, but for lack of a better word, because yeah, you don't really, if, if you watch, I mean, when I first saw Child's Play, you know, it was before it was a series, and so yeah. you didn't really know if Chucky w- was real or, no, that's or, true. or if the kid was just fucked in the head. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's kind of a it's an interest. I mean, it's impossible to look at it that way now. Um, but uh, and I have heard that the the main girl, who uh, like the the lead character is Brad Dourif's daughter, and Brad Dourif is still doing the voice of Chucky, and his his daughter is playing the the lead character. Interesting. So I mean, you know, we we live in an age where uh, you know nostalgia rules supreme. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and so, you know, all of these series, uh, you know, keep coming back. That's true. One of them, original, I don't know, horror Pantheon or whatever I haven't seen is Hellraiser. I've never seen any of those. I haven't really? Yeah. I've never seen any never one of them. them. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've always been interested in that, but I heard those get really stupid too. But in the beginning, You're, it's good. That's not wrong, but yeah. if, if you were to sit down and just watch one and two, you would have a very sound cinematic experience. The The, the first two are still hold up, still scary, uh, really gruesome. Um, okay. The third one, they kind of get a little cheesy. Uh, but and and afterwards, you know, I mean, only uh, some of them only a completist yeah. would dare venture. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but but the first two are solid. See, and I, I don't think that's a problem with Friday the Thirteenth actually. No. Until you get maybe maybe you get a little ridiculous when you go to space or something. But and even that one, yeah. I, I thought was a, was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it was, it was the same. You know, Friday the Thirteenth has a very established formula. You know, where it's yeah. Jason in an isolated uh, environment. With a bunch of people who can't wait to take their clothes off and <laughs> yeah. and, and get stabbed. True, it's just odd when we're not when you're not at the camp, I guess. But I mean, I know the origin, the origin of all that. But yeah, it's just it's interesting to me when he's not actually doing that at the camp. And I think the winter thing will be quite different too. Because I think but, it will be. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be still at the camp, but okay. it's just you know some you know winter at, at Crystal Lake or whatever. Yeah, and Jason's you know probably sticking uh, icicles through people. <laughs> exactly. You'd think the word would get out about Crystal Lake at some point. You know, <laughs> hey, don't, don't go there. Don't, no camp counseling there. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> I, I, ha- I have no problem believing that uh, people are stupid enough to, to keep going back to oh, sure. Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah they would. They, they, would believe, they wouldn't believe it was true. Or... If for no other reason than, hey, let's go where all the people were killed. Exactly. Well, maybe we'll see Jason there. <laughs> yeah, you will. But uh, what do you think of any of this, Mark? you have any opinions? Sorry, I'm about to fall asleep. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm crashing over here. Well, anyway, I guess that's it for uh, for that. All right, for good? horror talk. <laughs> you are listening to the break room. His nipples are the most memorable thing. Crazy skills. This Sunday, we welcome Cool Queef to the Hobo Shack. Hey, Cool Queef, what do you want to do on the show this weekend? I want to be your man, and I want to bring you pleasure. Hey, Ham Tornado's gonna be here with us, and he will put a stop to your sexual advances towards me. I sure hope not. Oh, yes, he will. Have you ever been fucked by a man? Oh, God. What have I gotten us into? This Sunday, June 24th, Cool Queef comes 
to the Hobo Shack, and we're talking internet perversions. So get your boners ready, because it's going to be a sexy, sexy episode. Go to thehoboshack.com or popsyndicate.net for more information. Download the Hobo Shack app for both Android and Apple devices, and subscribe now on iTunes. Recently, an object was sighted. It was big. It was just big. Too big to measure with a human eye. They say it could show up anywhere. Whoa! Did you see that? Pizza Hut! Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. Out of sight, big! 21 slices. I can handle it. On a totally different crust. Whoa! For a ridiculously low (laughs) $10.99. It's a legendary value. Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. The biggest pizza you can get delivered. I'm drunk. We're back to the break room. Putting sparklers in people's a-holes since 2006. We're back for one last segment, I suppose. Hour number ten, or whatever. Hour we're number now. whatever we're in. Yeah. No. I think we're on hour number eight of this entire thing. We are. Yes. Wasn't that the point, though? To be like kind of marathon. Is his yeah. mic even on? His mic. Yeah. You might need to get a little closer. You sure it's on? I think so. As far as I know. It better be. No, it's Ooh, not on. No. It's definitely not on. Yeah. Once you hop over here. <laughs> Yeah. We're uh, we're producing at two thirty in the morning. So yeah, this is this is what you get. It is two seventeen a.m. in the CST since Tom hates the word nice CST. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, down to me and Dustin, right. and Kit is off smoking somewhere, and we're joined by Zed. Yeah, we have Zed. Zed who came here after a lake breaking hipster concert. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we're here for one last segment. So what hipster band did you go see? Actually, uh, glad you asked. I went and saw. Actually, it was a it was a lady named Eleanor Friedberger, and uh, she is known in indie circles as related to Eleanor Rigby. Oh, well, no, <laughs> but uh, she's actually she come she she was in uh, she's with a band with her and her brother named uh, the Fiery Furnaces, and then she recently broke off on a solo and a Canadian. Actually, no, I don't think she's <laughs> <laughs> No, Zed, she's not Canadian. <laughs> but no, yeah, she, she, she recently did like a, she had a solo album a few years ago, and then she just came out with a new one, and it was, I heard it a few days, a few weeks ago. So, oh, okay. that's good. And the thing about indie shows is they're always cheap, so. Yeah. I mean, it was like nobody, it was like, you know, a couple of people there. 16. Yeah. And, yeah. but it was cool. She was, she struggled. She like had like a. I don't know if she had a cold or she had a frog in her throat and she was struggling through it, but she she soldiered on. Oh, and, that's good. Hey, Eleanor, if you're listening, I appreciate what you did out there tonight. <laughs> I'm sure she what you listen to when you're looking at amazing cleavage. Well, actually, that does not apply to Eleanor. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love Eleanor, she's very skinny. She's probably got like an A minus when it comes to tits. <laughs> wow. But, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what? I could probably get her. We're getting to the misogynistic part of the show. <laughs> We don't even need you here. We just have all your clips. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it was a good show. 
You would say? But, I mean, it, it was it was thirteen bucks plus yeah. tax. So oh, that's not bad at all. That's, that's the beauty of indie shows. You don't, you know, if if it sucks, it's like, well, you know, I didn't, you know, blow too many bucks. So yeah, but, yeah I, I enjoyed it. She was it was a good show. Well, like, good. Her latest album, if for those music people that are into music, her album's called Personal Record, and it was actually it is a very personal record. She's used to date one of the lead singer from uh, Franz Ferdinand. Nah. That's if you want to get in, like the indie like. Us magazine type of gossip. We love to get that. <laughs> Where are the number but one no, leader? She, she's got some good shit. It's very, I mean, it's very cool, like deep shit. And I was, I was feeling it. Well, so, good. Thanks for coming to Dallas, Eleanor. You will be missed. Thanks, Eleanor. Thanks, Eleanor. We appreciate you coming. We love you. Oh, we got some mics off over here. Hello. Yeah, hold on. I felt I felt that pierce my ear. Oh wait, now Zed's off. How's Zed now? How's Zed off now? We're all off except for him. That's a horrible thing. I can't test. Be test. Off. Test. Hello. Test. Hello. Zed? I think he's there now. <laughs> Are you there? Are we all here? And I'm here. Hi. Yeah, yeah we're all here. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yay. So let's uh, let's get to our uh, topic. <laughs> We all pass out from exhaustion. Um, I ain't passing out. I feel I on top say. of the world. Here. Everybody but you feels good. <laughs> uh, well, you, you, have, no, you have no alcohol, and I'm old. Not at this point, but yeah, had some earlier. So let's get to our uh, Zed sent us a list uh, about 18 weeks ago. That was the uh, Writers Guild Association's 101 best TV shows of all time, and we're not going to go through all 101. But start with 101. Um, I figured we'd go through the top 25. Uh, number 25, Saturday Night Live. Okay. I do want to just throw out uh, 101, just just to put it out there. Okay, pal. Because um, I think it's Oz, if I remember right. Cop Rock. And I think Oz <laughs> could probably go a little higher than 101 just because of when it came out and what kind of show it was at the time it came out. Well, I'm kind of surprised that it... Uh, well, they don't... It's weird. So on this list that I'm, I'm looking at the WGA site... Uh, 101 is Oz, but there's no 99, there's no 100, there's just 98. And it's Louie, Late Night with David Letterman, and The Fugitive. That's really odd. That's interesting. I mean... Oh, Louie? <coughs> they got Louie at like 98 or something? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I'm looking at, at your screen, and I can see the, you know, from Oz to Louie to Letterman. It's, not that I'm a big Letterman homo... homo. I almost said homo. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> there's the booze, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> But Homer, but that seems a little bit weak. I mean, the guy's got, I mean, three or four decades in the biz. I don't know why. They, well, I mean, well, it's the I guess. But the, he's real, it's the writing guild, right? Yeah, right, it is. Okay, so and he writes all of his own stuff, and well, I get that. But it's, it's still kind of weird. No, no, we're talking about Louis. Oh, oh, okay. No, I was talking about. He was talking about Letterman. Oh, you're talking about Letterman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird that they would. I mean, I, I would think just for. Being lasting this lasting being around as he, as long as he is is would have given him some credit. Yeah, and, he, he's got relevance as well, uh, and he's also yeah. got a strong uh, staff of writers too. I mean, he does. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, Sm- uh, was it Smigel? I mean, Robert I guess he was on Conan, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's got a strong 
Casper Ryder. Definitely. Yeah. And just, I mean, it's Letterman. All you have to do is say that. And yeah. when you're known as a as just by your last name, I think is enough. And that's, I mean, that's, that, 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 that's weird to me, but... I would kind of agree with that. any list, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna bitch and you're gonna find uh, bullshit on any list. list. Yeah, sure. So right. it is what it is. Let's let's get to the the main ones. But Louis is interesting as well. I mean, is, is that his E show or is that the one that he did for? That's HBO? the FX show. Okay, the FX show. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So 25 Saturday Night Live again, yeah. and it's what 40 plus year history. It's been very up or down. Sure, mm-hmm. but it still has that cultural mainstay. No, I mean that's an extremely you know strong show. Whether you know whether you like it or not, I mean it's it's been a, you know longevity and uh, you know just a, a a mainstay in the world of comedy. Yeah, know? and especially if it's a Writers Guild you know award uh, or it's you know that's a writer show. It's it's yeah, it's always been something that's led. I mean because not only did you know is it is a show led by writers, but it's also a show where. Uh, many of the performers are are actually writers as well on the right. show. So yeah, yeah, and and actually, the, a number of the writers have started to come to the forefront. You know, starting with Tina Fey and Bill Hader. And sure. Hader was a big writer, and yeah. Seth Meyers is uh, yeah. the head writer now. Yeah, yeah, head writer, and about yeah, to he's post. about to leave too. Yeah, yeah. Tina Fey was head writer while she was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even um, actually, even one of the. One of the, he's not a head writer, but he's a pretty big writer. His name is John Delaney. He's the one that wrote most of the Stefan sketches. Yeah. He actually had a pilot with NBC that was pretty much everybody I, I read about. I read that it seen it said it was amazing, but for whatever reason, NBC didn't. Well, I should say, you know, NBC is an it, it retards. So <laughs> I'm not surprised they didn't pick it up. But it, it was one of those that everybody said was amazing and yeah. should have been picked up, and it wasn't. But he's another one that is, you know, they got they got a very good cast. So, but I think when you think about SNL, you always obviously think about the cast, which is yeah, very true. Been up and down. I don't know what they're going to do from you know come next season with. Well, it may be much like the uh, transition between the uh, you know Mike Myers, Will Ferrell, whatever phase. Yeah, to the true. next phase. You know, it's like they have they have their ups and downs. And they, they still have, have a decent cast. Yeah, they. I mean, they always have their their peaks and their valleys, and uh, you know, but they always manage to stay on top. I mean, uh, through the long run, maybe not in the short run, but in the long run, they manage to stay on top. It's such it's a show with such longevity and with such a history behind it that unless it really fucks up, it's going to stick around. That's true. Because they're always going to give it, you know, a couple of seasons to to build on whatever they have going. Because if you say, you know, okay, Bill Hader and Seth Meyers are leaving now. They're they're still going to be given uh, an opportunity that many shows would not be given if they were like a fresh faced show. Yeah, because it's such a big you know classic show that they're going to be given that opportunity to, to yeah. build on it. Very true. It, it's it will be able to survive on its name, obviously, and even with the actors that you know that host that week. One thing that it kind of makes me wonder about the, the next couple of seasons is because they're losing their Kind of like they're like they're they're big bitch guy. Like most seasons, you have like your guy that doesn't normally like you know have like a, a big character that's like or a scene stealer or a guy that's gonna be the big star. They'll have that guy that's like you know he's gonna come in and just be like kind of the the guy that you can always fill in with a number of different characters. 
So, like, you've had your Daryl Hammonds and your Phil Hartmans. And that, Fred, that Fred Armisen is leaving. I think that's kind of like a big kind of a thing. Oh, Seth Myers and Bill so Hader, too. But you've Bill got, Hader. Well, Bill Hader, Hader, Hader fills Hader. in on everything. Well, Phil, uh, Hader's a big, a big fill-in, and he's also a big enough where he can... You could probably see him, maybe with the right role, can be kind of a... a, a um, a leading man, or you know, yeah. uh, I don't know who they're going to get to host game shows how. anymore. Yeah, I think <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they like every single segment. I think you're going to see people like Jay Farrow really step up because Jay Farrow. I mean, not only is he, you know, like, uh, you know, he's got Obama, so he's got like a signature, you know, big role. Yeah, but he's also got the the principal character. So, and and you have like him. You got Bobby Moynihan. So you, you so you still have some you know some fairly decent names, and they can bring back Horatio Sands or something. <laughs> <laughs> the skinny Horatio Sands, exactly. I mean, well, I guess one thing will probably be like we'll see the guy st- uh, step up. I mean, I mean, yeah. I know I've always heard great things about Taron Killam, but I've seen him in spots. So yeah, that's why I'm surprised uh, Abby Elliott left so early. That she was in what one season, or and then she opted out. Yeah, or two seasons, and then she opted Elliot's out. Daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah she opted she, out after that. I think she's in movies now. So yeah, she's she got she took what she wanted and she got out. So. I haven't seen her in shit. Yeah, isn't she in movies now? I don't know. I know she opted out. So uh, I'll number say sure number twenty four is uh, no surprise. Friends with from NBC also. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> of course, which Absolutely. was really smart. Hiya, pals. <laughs> <laughs> It was really smart, especially early in its run. You know, if you ignored like the last couple of seasons, um, a, good, a very good, I, a very strong middle. Maybe not. I would even disagree. I think the middle is stronger than the beginning because yeah, the, the season, first yeah. season they focus all well, on I the guess, Ross character, and it's really a beating. I guess I would say and more then than they like, grow into. And it hasn't. Yeah, the first couple of seasons, I don't think have aged very well. Yeah, but if you get like the the middle, like you said, the middle seasons. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more of the cultural impact was in the first couple of seasons. Sure, sure, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but I think if you actually catch the middle seasons, you know, like in repeat now, you know, it's still, you know, comedically, still, you know, fairly strong. You know. Yeah, I would yeah, agree. I still really enjoy it. I think a Friends for me is like a, it's a show that like I didn't think that I really was that deep into, but yeah. then if I really like sat and thought about it, I, I really was. Cause yeah, I had a screenwriting class in college, and the, so like the first assignment was to write a Catella play. Uh, which, for people that don't know, like a screenplay is for movies, teleplays for for sitcoms and or TV, and uh, so I remember I was trying, so we had to choose a show that was still on air at the time. This is two thousand three, two thousand two, uh-huh. and so I was like, okay, I was a big fan of Seinfeld. Seinfeld was 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 off. Big fan of I Love Lucy, and obviously that was off. So yeah. the next show that came to mind was Friends, and so I wrote a teleplay on Friends, and it was it went over well. My, 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 well, actually, well, I read a treatment, let me, which was the outline. My teleplay, which is with the dialogue and the block and everything, was a little bit weak, but the, tel- the treatment was good. And I, that, that kind of reminded me, it's like, wow, I, I really do know this show pretty well. Because yeah. anytime you're writing about something, you have to know the beats, the characters, and that's sure. pretty rich. And so that was like, that's what reminded me, it's like, you know what, I actually was a pretty big fan of this show. Yeah. So it had its moments, and I, I, Personally, I would have ranked it yeah. higher. They what? have a ton of just cultural references too, like Commando and stuff that came out. Of that, you know? What what yeah. what Friends did that was very smart was not only was it a comedy, but they were very smart in that they also it's a it's a soap opera. Yeah, you know, uh, and so they took you know something where you had to you, you had to tune in the next week to see you know what was going to happen with Ross and Rachel. Yeah. Or, or if you know Chandler and and Monica were going to work out, and and so they had the whole soap operatic element, but you know, they made it funny. Right. There's also the soap opera of Matthew Perry's weight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
when he was on drugs or not. Yeah, that, how much uh, was he going to jump on screen? Uh, number twenty three was Frazier. Another really Frazier's greatness too. Frazier is greatness. I I uh, not no. Well, I don't know what to do with auto salad and scrambled eggs. And much like much like Friends, the post is uh, yeah. When he loses his hair, his uh, mullet, then it gets better. It gets I think. really funny. And then yeah. once uh, Niles marries Daphne or gets Kinda with goes her, down. it goes down. It goes down. It goes downhill. But that middle section, really funny, really yeah. well done. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of great episodes. In we there. still watch Frasier all the time now. Very smart. You know, yeah. Very smart humor, yeah. And I love Cheers also, but I, I can actually just have Frasier going better than yeah. I can. Like, Cheers, I kind of want to sit down and watch. Like, yeah. Frasier can just be Frasier, anytime. Who are the, the writers on? Who yeah. the writers on Frasier? Was it, it was, uh, I want to say it was some Cheers guys. Yeah. It was Peter Casey, yeah. David Lee, David Angel. Uh, so David I recognize. Angel, seen, was he fr- I think David Angel, was he... Friends related? Uh, no. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I mean, know Mark Kaufman and David Crane are the main Friends people. But yeah, yeah. A lot of Davids. And there was another one too. There was I, a couple I, of Charles people that did. Well, uh, was Cheers. Glenn, I think. Glenn and Les Charles and Burroughs were Cheers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I've seen Angel and I see. I mean, shit. Maybe it was Frasier, but I've seen. I know I've seen those names around. Maybe it was post Frasier. Yeah. But I mean, that's. I mean, give it up to. to you know, uh, Kelsey Grammer for to, a twenty-year run in sitcoms. To take that same character, yeah. you know, and have a whole to, new scenario. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and make it work. Reinvent the character, and they did a pretty good job of working in the old Cheers characters yeah. every now and again. And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't really a beating, you know. I, I don't know. I, I just think they did a really good job with it. Uh, number twenty-two, Friday Night Lights, which I still have not seen I've one episode seen of. I've never seen it either. <laughs> have you seen That's, that, kid? No. Okay, it's well we're going to have a lot to say on my that. list, but. You know, I mean, I think it was Jason Kadams that also did uh, Parenthood. Same guy. Yeah, I, I've I've heard decent things about it, I which I like. Parenthood done, quite a bit. Yeah, I think he's done. Did he did something else too? Because I know that name. He did Bionic Woman, which lasted like three episodes. Maybe it was a movie that he did. But Could yeah, be. that's I think it's been Netflix queue for probably. I years know. At this point. Me too. Yeah, I have that and uh, Sons of Anarchy at some point. Yeah. I'm gonna watch both of those. <laughs> <laughs> but just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, number 21, somebody we talked about already, 30 Brock by Tina Fey. Beautiful. Which 30 Brock is great. End to end, that show is fantastic. And I still have not seen the entire series finale because I keep putting it off. Yeah. But that one I have. and that But that was very late to that one. That was one that a number of friends were like, oh, I, you watch this, this, and this. How do you not watch this yet? And it was a Netflix gift. Yeah. yeah. That... Netflix what, is great for these shows exactly. to catch up on. Yeah. yeah, and, and yeah, 30 Rock's just really... It's another one that's smart without a stupid laugh track and all that other stuff. And it, and it really um, made over Alec Baldwin's career. From He came off that whole situation with his daughter where a he was calling her yeah. a fat pig and yeah. whatever. And, well... Uh, I mean, it, but it, you gotta admit it. Like it put him in a whole new light. For, for, I guess from like a, from the from a bigger a big America kind of stamp. Like people, because I mean, he'd had. I mean, he had since that point. He had had like he got Oscar nomination for the cooler. And so I mean, he was still kind of a name in movies. Yeah, he was still a name. But, sure, I mean, he wasn't. You know, he, but it put him in a new light. More likable or something. Yeah, yeah. more likable overall. Yeah. You know, because he's always been kind of like, you know a little bit of a prick. I mean, sure, I like him, but. Yeah, if you're, if you're anywhere, anywhere, you know, yeah, you're away from the left, sure. you're, you're not a big fan of Red yeah. See, to me, sure. that was always that was always Tina Fey's show. As much as I liked Alec Baldwin, uh, I always thought that was the Tina Fey show, pretty much. And everyone else kind of just orbited around her since she had so much to do with, with the creation 
uh, you know, the writing and, and was always such a, a force on the show. It was always like the Tina Fey show. And anything else that happened beyond that was sort of yeah. not incidental per se, but it just didn't really have the same pull as, you know, whatever Tina Fey was, was doing. Was she yeah. the showrunner as well? I well, I don't know. That's a, I don't know. Because I, I know, I know. Like, as of the last, like, probably like five, six years, like the, it's been the kind of like the the era of the showrunner. Yeah. It's like, like I mean, back in the day, I couldn't tell you who. I mean, maybe I knew who created, but it was the creator wasn't always the same as the showrunner. Oh, yeah. but with Community but, Now and stuff like that. Yeah, like everybody yeah. like yeah. With with Dan Harmon left, everybody knew about it, and you it's know everybody deal, knows yeah. Vince Gilligan is the is the show is the, and Liz Merriweather from New Girl. So it's kind of like a big time for show showrunners. I know that Chris, uh, that uh, Tina Fey created, but I, I, I think maybe it was her and like maybe another guy that like, kind of ran it. But because that, that's one, it's well, one thing uh, to create it, but then one to run it, meaning you're controlling like, the everyday, you know. Right. Like, well, what's his name um, from who had a big hand in Saturday Night Live? Uh, was it Robert Carlock? Yeah, it was Carlock, and then I know you wrote a lot. I don't know if you. Yeah, wrote it or not. I don't know. I don't know exactly. But well, I mean, they just lost. I mean, SNL. I guess not only did they lose a performer, but they also lost their head writer. You know, Seth Meyers. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, true. Uh, number twenty that I've only seen a few episodes of, but it was the Larry Sanders show. Larry Sanders show was great at the time. It was funny it was, from what I've seen. But it's another one of those. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got great Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, you got Rip Torn. Yeah, um, Janine Garofalo was in that. I think Jeremy yeah. Piven. Uh, Jeremy Piven. I yeah, a very bald Jeremy Piven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But yeah, Jeffrey Tambor was just awesome as the you know sidekick Hey-o. guy, and uh, Gary Shandling was really funny with like uh, Dave Duchovny. They had this whole thing where that, Dave Duchovny and the, him were the, like uh, the whole Jimmy Kimmel where they bumped Matt Damon. Yeah, that, I think the kind of where they stole that because that's what they did was they they yeah. bumped David Duchovny and it was kind of a big thing. Yeah, and Dave Duchovny having this whole <laughs> I I love you and you really light my fire in my pants in a really heterosexual way and all. This, I mean, it's like just the interaction they'd have and Gary Shandling. You're making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> it just it was like I don't know. It was one of those shows that had like, no laugh track and pushed the envelope. Kind of like, like Oz at the same or, time. Or, Curb, but like yeah. Curb was a mockumentary, almost a mockumentary style. And they yeah, kind of built upon Jerry, Gary Sand or Larry Sanders. But I'm just saying, I, I give it Gary Sanders. Gary Sanders. <laughs> I give it a little more props, I guess, for being the time period it came yeah. out to. Yeah, it's another it one was, that was like mid to late '90s, you know, when they were just HBO was starting to do. I will that say though, stuff. Gary Shandling, one of the most uncomfortable looking humans ever on TV. He is weird looking. He's uncomfortable looking. Well, I mean, he was doing back then what everyone's doing now. I mean, it's, you know, that same type of humor, that same type of format. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he definitely uh, was a, someone who set precedence. Yeah. I think you would yeah. like, I think you would find it very funny if you actually watched oh, I'm the sure. show. But probably, it, it, probably at this day and age, it would play very well. I oh, yeah. 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 I was surprised yeah. it lasted as long as it did back then. Yeah, the Hey Now thing, of yeah. course. Hey yeah. Now. Yeah, I thought it was. Like, <laughs> hey I, now. I, I, think the, I think IFC did like a. Did a <laughs> Like a marathon, a few years. I don't know if it does it every year, but it's done it a few years in the past, and it still holds up. Independent for me. Film Channel, I think, is rerunning them now. Is what I've heard. I don't have cable to verify that, but to my understanding. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, like Hulu, I think put them up for a while. They may have taken them down now. I got but, the full DVD, I think. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, just the Hey Now thing alone is funny. Where <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor is trying to justify using Hey Now in a yeah. sentence yeah. and all this other stuff. <laughs> Nobody says there, that that way. There's one, one great. Ep- I remember. One funny episode was like involved Vince Vaughn. I think like with Hank did something to Vince Vaughn's car or something. Uh-huh. I think that was the cool part. Is like a number of actors that oh, were yeah. like, you know known like play, would you know would be on the joke. Come and on, be, be, like, yeah. play characters of themselves in some cases. Right, yeah. To come on so, for the interviews. Yeah, it was really it was a good idea. It was a good format. 
Uh, number 19, one I really watched quite a bit growing up was Taxi. Uh, James L. Brooks. Okay, you yeah, did? Yeah. I always liked uh, yeah, Taxi. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Uh, I always liked Taxi. That was like 70s. Yeah, but, I, but it came, on, it came on Nick and Knight. I used to watch it every night. And again, that's... Judd uh, Hirsch. That's uh, uh, from the Cheers guy. Mary Lou Hinner. Yeah. That's pre... Cheers. Yeah, that was their show uh, before yeah, Cheers. Yeah, right? Yeah, and it was... Yeah, before he got into big into drugs. Jeff Conway. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah, yeah. it. Was such a good show. It was uh, Andy Kaufman, and that was his like breakout, you know, sitcom performance. I mean, it was essentially the same formula, you know, of one central location with a bunch of yeah. you know, wacky characters. Just you didn't out. see much out of that. Mm. The garage. I mean, every once in a while, right? You, uh, exactly. It's like but by and large, it was in the garage. Yeah, uh, Taxi. I, I loved it growing up. It, you know, just like the, Cheers, and it was James L. Brooks as well, Mister uh, The Simpsons, and yeah. I don't know. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. He was part of MTM mm-hmm. Productions for a while. Yeah, that dude's just crawling with shit. Oh god! No kidding. C notes. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Number eighteen, um, which I still haven't finished, but I will eventually. And that's Alan Ball's Six Feet Under. Oh, ah, great! Six Feet Under is probably the best pure drama I've ever seen. Uh, you and, know, that doesn't have any action or anything like that. Just a pure human story. Maybe the best uh, final episode of any yeah, series. Yeah, I would say it's, it's up there oh. in the pantheon of. The yeah. final episode is a very hard thing to nail. Yeah. When you're a series that's been around for, you know, over five years. Yep. And, you know, may, we've seen many fail. Obviously, with Seinfeld. And, well, I mean, you can bitch and moan about how, how Sopranos ended. Yeah. I, I mean, I, for, I don't know, Six Feet Under, I was a big fan of, and, and as well as The Shield, which I'm sure is on here as well. But that one. Like 74, I, I was, The Shield. 74? Yeah, that's what? way too far. Yeah, it's like 71 or 4 or something. Whoa. <laughs> the U.S. office is down there. Dexter's down there. Justified's 85. I mean, those other ones, I. Yeah. Because Shield's top five for me. Yeah. It, it shows overall, but all right, well, we're digressing, but. Yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, I yeah, I was a big fan of, the, of that uh, that final episode. And it was one of those things where I remember I was in probably the first one, first two seasons. Yeah. You know, got away from it in the middle, and then came back towards the end. But like, I think it's one of it's interesting. You know, I think this show is definitely a testament to one how it how you know creative Alan Ball is is right because he he was coming off his you know American Beauty notoriety and Oscar winning you know Oscar Oscar you know I guess win Mm -hmm. and then he goes from this and he goes to I mean I, I. Oh, he didn't create. He didn't. Did he create True Blood? Or I know he's involved. No, he adapted. Yeah, he adapted. Yeah, I adapted okay. it. Sookie yeah. Stackhouse novels. So that, so that's interesting. And then, of course, obviously with Michael C. Hall being yeah, right, you know, he, right. And he just you thought, all right, this this guy seems like a gay dude. Yeah, whatever. And then uh, uh, yeah, he did. That to yeah. Dexter was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait a minute. yeah. Michael C. Hall is a pretty good was, actor. I, you can I, tell between those two, but. Yeah, and well, I, that, everybody was good in that. Peter Krauss, uh, Whispers Lisa, was, and that okay. final episode, well, literally the main people. It gives you everything. That, that last episode of Six Hundred gives you everything. Well, don't tell me because I'm. It's the best. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, it well, wraps up it about gives, the best I've ever seen anything it's, wrap it's up. It's incredible. And yeah. I teared up in it. I'm not going to oh, lie. Me too. I, I was. It I, made I, me sad. I, I actually I don't think I welled up, but yeah. I, I was. I don't I like boo hoo or then, but I, I had know, some tears. I, I bawled like a baby. Did you? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see uh, doing it because it's yeah. it's really it's, it's really very, touching, especially because. And I think the uh, not that I'm trying to give myself an out, but I think the reason I did it was because I, we watched my wife and I watched it over like the course of you know a certain amount of time. Yeah. And so we watched like you know three or four episodes, and the final episode just hits you so strong. It does. Yeah, yeah, it the final episode and the last half, of the last season, and all that it's build amazing. up. It's it's just really yeah. really good. 
But I mean, the whole the whole series is good, you know, yeah. start to finish. I mean, I can see it already that it's it's a great series. I've, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. I just and haven't. I think it's interesting because it, like, it's not like if you think just read the premise of what it's about. It's like okay, this funeral home people gonna grab oh, and and it's and it's probably it's in my top five, my my personal top five. I st- even though I have not having seen the the new was it not recording. Yeah. Mm, well, I don't know how long we've been. It's been paused apparently for a while. Ah. So there's been a big gap somewhere in this commentary. How can you tell? I mean, I, well, don't, I, I, just know, I don't know what to look I just know the timer wasn't moving, so you might have missed quite a bit of commentary in that conversation, but we're just going to keep going. Hopefully, so. I didn't miss the Six Feet Under talk because that was good. Uh, I think we missed heavy. all of it. Awesome. So. Six yeah. Feet Under is good. Well, yeah. whatever. We talked about it. So, so we we're talking it. about the uh, top 25 shows in the 101, supposedly. That's what you get when we're recording shows. at 2.45 a.m. Yeah, apparently exactly. it was on pause most of that time. So oh, awesome. I was like, the timer's not moving. This is weird. So anyways. Uh, n- now. So. Number 15, uh, Hill Street Blues. Never watched I've one never episode. never seen that either. Steven Bochco. I love yeah. the theme song. All I know. The theme song is awesome. I yeah. wish we could play it now. but it's, Can it's, you hum it? It's very comforting. I, I is I that know. the one with... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that it? Sure. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's, Keep going. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's very comforting, that, that theme song. That doesn't sound like it. that's what it is. If it, whatever, <laughs> for, whatever, for whatever that is, that's very comforting to me. <laughs> what, whatever that thing is that you just hummed. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel very comfortable. I mean, it's a, it's, pretty, it's a pretty known theme, but, uh, I mean, that hum isn't quite getting it. All right, yeah. <laughs> cue, cue it up, Marcus. Cue Dispatch. It's a really long intro. It's like a minute and a half. Oh, the 70s and 80s. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. it's, a really, it's a really soft intro. I'm not sure what that was that I was doing. I love the free It was comforting, though. The, I liked it. Actors. That was uh, Carol O'Connor's We're all relaxed job now. after All in the Family. Oh. Oh, was that, I wonder if that's Betty Thomas, the director. No, it's probably not. Like that's, anybody can even know that's that. That's a damn fine thing, though. <laughs> I never watched one episode of that show, though. Well, but I, it was I, apparently really groundbreaking. I've seen yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't there, speak but, to that. Yeah. All I know is Bochco was like, he was one of those like showrunners, creators that had had a hell of a run. Yeah. You know, Until he for, did dance. What was the dance? Cop dance? Cop uh, rock. Cop rock. Cop rock. That, yeah. But until then, he was yeah, he yeah. on top of his game. <laughs> uh, number 14. Uh, uh, both me and Dustin's favorite, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Love The Dick Van Dyke Show. It's a great show. Really? Oh, I yeah. love The Dick Van Dyke it, Show. It's a wonderful, Dude, it's fucking it's a wonderful 60s. I it's like two episodes. It's, yeah. it's, I know Mary Tyler Moore was, uh, was in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very much a show of its time, but it it's still so funny, though. far exceeds those shows. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Well, I think I'm a Jerry Van Dyke fan. <laughs> He's in there. He's in there. So He's in there. Yeah. yeah, he plays exactly. He, he plays Rob's brother. Yep. Yeah, there's no denying the classic status. You know, something like that. No, I, I, I definitely get it too. Because I mean, I'm a huge I Love Lucy fan. So yeah, well, you'll be yeah, happy in a minute. Never, never saw too many. Even though, I mean, I know. I mean, I was a Naked Night guy, but didn't yeah. quite get. I think the time I saw it was it on. I was. I don't think it was young. I was. I wouldn't know yeah. to quite get it. So. Well, comedy can be of the moment, you know. And, and sure, yeah. yeah. 
It really, um, they, just, they have a lot of corny. I mean, it's corny jokes. It's corny. But it's funny. No, you but, know, I, I don't know. It's but they also set a, like a lot of new formats. Like they had weird dream sequences and yeah. uh, musical numbers. And well, yeah, there's no doubting the influence that it yeah. had on modern. I mean, they really, really sitcoms even. You know. yeah, yeah, they really broke a lot of new ground. And uh, it was you know having it, a having a dream of. Uh, you know, trying to do some treatment for your hair so your hair doesn't yeah. fall out, and then having a dream that you grew a head of lettuce, you know, and that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, you know, it's just okay, it's it's goofy funny. stuff, but it's it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I know. mean, honestly, that broke ground for sitcoms like The Cosby Show when he would have the weird dreams. True, you know, it like did. in season one or season two. You know, same thing. Like that, that kind of followed on that and built on that, and uh, they broke a lot of new ground in that time. That uh, you know, a lot of other sitcoms weren't even like Make Room for Daddy. Like nobody was broaching those. No. You know, weird relationship issues, tension in, in, in your relationship with your wife. and Yeah, other crap like Donna Reed and I yeah, don't know. But, it just wasn't... But like know. Dick Van Dyke would look into stuff like suspicion that your partner was cheating. You know, of course well, it was, wasn't was really, but you know... I also think it's funny that some of the controversial <laughs> stuff that came out of that show, like I remember um, reading something about the fact that Mary Tyler Moore could only wear pants in like one scene, yeah. and then she had to wear a dress because it was too risque, <laughs> yeah. you know, to have to be wearing pants in the whole in the whole season or, or the crazy. whole episode. I remember, like, because I remember hearing a few stories about like the I Love. Cause, I mean, I, I guess I mean I think I Love was like probably maybe a little bit earlier, but still around the same era. Yeah, and it was. I think I Love Lucy was fifties, and Dick Van Dyke was sixties or something, if I remember right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and well. How did Lucy run? I don't know if Lucy ran in the '60s. Well, I think a bit, well, maybe not that I love, but yeah, yeah. Well, Lucy and Desi. Uh, Lucy, yeah, Lucy ran, ran fifty-one to fifty-six. Okay, so yeah. But I think I think probably like the other shit that Lucy did. Yeah, would went into the '60s. But what, why? So why was this? Because that's interesting. Because like, I mean, Dick Van Dyke, from what I remember, was black and white. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, 60, 1960s, 66. Yeah. Interesting. And it was, I wonder if it was all black and white if they were ever transitioned. No, no, they were all, they were always black yeah, and white. Yeah, they never transitioned now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just know that it was some weirdness. Like, I know, like, with the, it was a big deal with Isla Lucy with her to show her yeah. being pregnant. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a big, it was tab. Yeah, they never said pregnant. I think they said with child right. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Cause Hell, we were, having the beds pushed together was probably taboo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isla Lucy said. Like, how did that how did a little rookie come about? If the, yeah, the exactly. <laughs> With child. Uh, number 13. Um, I'm kind of surprised it's this low, but Breaking Bad Ooh, by yeah. Vince Gilligan. Interesting. Well, I, I'm actually surprised it's this, this low. I figured it'd be higher. Just recently caught up on that. Just uh, oh, what, what, yeah. all right. What were the parameters? How how far back did they go with this? They didn't say. No, I mean they went all the way back to. They went. I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean they've gone pretty far back. It didn't really say on here. It's just the beginning of TV, I guess. You know. I mean, I think. With, I mean, it's with, pretty with, high, with but these, with some of those shows, I think like maybe the content kind of plays into how because I don't I don't know how big the Writers Guild is, like who. How many yeah. people are involved, but I think some of them, when you have like your kind of your just your basic drama or your basic comedy that fits that that kind of like norm, yeah, it will, you know, probably rank higher. But since Breaking Bad is still kind of a different being, and it isn't finished yet, yeah, yeah, it, yeah I think it kind of makes people makes people like ah oh, wonder, you know, I can see why probably it may have not ranked higher for yeah. us who. You know, we don't think about those super old shows, whereas some of these people like probably do, and like that's sure, yeah. plays a different role. You know, ranking well, with them. The next one's a super old show. I love Lucy, as we just mentioned, oh, at right. uh, number twelve. Which I I can still sit down and watch any 
I love Lucy episode. And I, and Ditto. I've seen all of them 20 times, but... I still can't. I don't know. And I admire. I can admire it's what they're funny. doing, but the, it just... The yeah. divisiveness Kinda that, that show inspires. Kind of with Chad. I never really, never really enjoyed that show much, to be honest. I love uh, that show. My, wa- my I'm wife you, man. sit down and watch it, but I just... Oh, yeah. My wife will sit down and watch it, too, but I just am like... I love it. I did for like a good part of my childhood. I watched yeah. that show. Yeah. I admire like, the hell bad. out of it. It's not bad. I would never sit down and watch it. No. I, 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 I don't think... I don't know if the writing was the big part of that show is more as just the Lucy's performance and I think she made a lot of that writing exactly yeah yeah. I, mean, yeah I don't I mean yeah if they I don't know if they probably didn't like mention improv back then but yeah. I, I definitely know that they had to, a lot of which is her her facial just, expressions and oh yeah, yeah no I, mean, I admire oh, yeah. that the whole, like, the whole like chocolate on the conveyor belt that well, was sure classic yeah written. I mean I mean they written they made it, they wrote the you know the maybe the whole thing of this is what's gonna happen in this scene but yeah you know, yeah, right. she brought that to life, and you're right. I and mean, it was, I, I just, I, I, it's amazing how I, I can still get. Oh, no, Lucille Ball is, yeah. I mean, you, you have to respect what she did. As oh, yeah. she broke show a, and, again, broke a ton yeah. of new ground. Like she insisted, apparently, when she initially signed her contract, that you know her husband was bricky, and that you know him being a Hispanic guy, they didn't want him to be yeah. the husband. They wanted a white guy, but she insisted in her contract that if she was going to be in that show, that. He would be her oh, husband, man. and he How was on that show. How different would that show have been? Exactly. Without like, him, to man. have a Hispanic guy on that show, that yeah. broke total new ground yeah. on TV, and something they'd never, ever seen before. Well, not to get like racially correct, but I wonder, like, I don't know if... Does Cuban consider that? I think they're, are they just Latin? Because I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how the, how the Hispanic realm goes. I don't goes, know either. Because I know, like... Because I know, like, I think with, with the Mexicans, it's Chicanos, and with, with right. your Cubans and Puerto Ricans, it's Latin. I don't, I mean, yes. I, I, mean, I, we'll I, say I Cuban guy. with Hispanic, I have no idea. But you gotta, I mean, but yeah. for the time, like, <laughs> to have a non-white guy playing the husband of someone on TV. Definitely, You just yeah. say Cuban guy, it covers him. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just saying, like, it broke entirely True. new ground, you know, whether he's Hispanic or Cuban or whatever you want to call it. I mean, whatever the proper term is, but, yeah. you know, totally broke new ground. And, you know, she blazed those barriers because she was such a strong personality. Yeah. And I bet they probably had a pretty strong le- a short leash as far as, like, I'm sure, like, you know, like, all right, if you're yeah. going to do this... We better see some, you know, some results. Better see some results fast. Yeah. yeah. You know? Right, right. So, and they, well, they obviously that's did. That's off to her. Um, and and was had, it, had the guy from My Three Sons on it that always hiked well, his pants up to his nipples. There's, 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 there's some interesting little stories behind, like I love Lucy. Like, I know that like, for, I, mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but the rumor was that Vivian Vance, Ethel, Ethel Mertz, couldn't like she was actually normally like, a pretty like thin woman, and Lucy like the part of the role was to be a bigger woman. Yeah. So like I guess she, I heard she'd gain weight for the role. Yeah. And then that Lucy was like, "Well, she can't ever be thinner than than me during <laughs> during this during the, while we're going." And then the other one was Fred Mertz. William Fry was a huge drunk. I, yes, yeah. I heard that. <laughs> Yeah, like, Huge, and they right. had like, they had problems with him. I heard Desi was keeping it together on. Set. Wasn't one that passed on the alcohol yeah. either. So yeah, <laughs> probably had a little bit of that going on. Well, Desi Arnaz didn't have a whole lot going on after that show either. No, after uh, she divorced him and went and did the Lucy show. Yeah, he didn't have a whole lot going on either. Nah. He gave club appearances and oh, good enough for him. He used to smack the shit out of her. So. Like, well, that yeah, that too. Yeah. That, well, too. that I wasn't aware of. Oh yeah, yeah he did. He was, yeah, yeah, he used to beat her up crazy. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. Well, good for him. Oh, so good for him. yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, coming in at number eleven, one a show that's been up and down, both The Simpsons. Yeah. 
Which okay, in its heyday, in its heyday, and still better than a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, in its heyday is was one of the best written shows. A show that has gone on way too long. And I is, think so. Is we're not. over five hundred episodes now, right? Yeah, it's pretty it's insane. Over yeah, it's another James Brooks show, though. It is. Uh, James yeah, Brooks. James L. Brooks That's just shows, dude. Told you, shit. Yeah. Fucking see I mean, it's mainly Matt Groening or whatever, but but still, James L. Brooks has a hand in it. I know. You know well, growing, the crazy thing is, is, like, our, uh, Sam Simon, who was only involved like in the beginning. Yeah. Or like, well, I don't, well, I think he was might involved in not like he's obviously not still involved, but he was involved like maybe the first few years. He's loaded, and then Jennifer Tilly, who he was married to like for a very brief time, she made a shitload of money just from divorcing him yeah. and getting the res- some money from some substance nice. money. Yeah. That shows you how deep that yeah. this show goes. Oh yeah. yeah, when you have 500 episodes and all that merc and yeah, you it's, know I mean, merch, it, and then having what, that theme park and Universal now and all this other crap they yeah, have. It's I mean, insane. This, this that that sh- the thing that that show made Fox. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They made it. Yeah. That and Married with Children. Yeah. That was pretty much all they had at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that and Martin. Wait, uh, was on Fox? I thought it was, yeah, like it was UP. No, it was, it was on Fox. Fox back in the day. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. WCUP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 10, I'd never seen one episode. Thomas loves it. Uh, I don't care for the creator. That's the West Wing. I never. Oh, you don't care for Aaron Sorkin? Anymore. No, I hated the social I network. Either. I think his uh, style is... Um, can't watch uh, yeah, the new one that on HBO either. What's the it? newsroom? The newsroom. I can't watch it again. I think he has very good points. I just feel like uh, you know he relies entirely too much on his style, and there's not always a lot of substance there. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I think that's something like he adapts with with TV shows because I mean his movies. I mean he wrote he wrote a few good men, right? Which I well I that was partial, pretty good. I partially too because I that was my uh, senior theater play. Which uh, okay. We took to. Uh, competition and made its regionals but <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean i uh yeah i never one i never watched that i don't think i've ever seen yeah. a full episode of it but i just remember it cl- cleaning up yeah, every I time did. oh of course, you know that's yeah. all you know, i know uh, all the actors just from like they're always winning shit i was like it's what the fuck so. it's just interesting that you know aaron Sorkin. i i'm i have no doubt he's a good writer i know he is but it's funny that i watched a youtube video of all his Sorkinisms, like all the plot points and lines he would fall back on that he repeated over and over again. It, uh-huh. It's, I don't know. Did you I ever just, watch Sports Night? No, but I got that one. I that watch was it. a little bit. I think that was a little bit better. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's different. I mean, one thing. I mean, but you have to, you know, to, you know, give credit <laughs> to Sorkin a bit. The fact that he could do both yeah. one movie or not both, but like you know, all the movies. The a sitcom and a drama, yeah, and the t- I mean from a sports show to a, you know a political show. To, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's he has range. Yes, obviously he, he does has have range. His, yeah. his beats, that, and I think he's a good writer. Um, I just feel like I feel like he's he defaults too much to that Sorkin style of rapid fire walk and talk. Walk you and have t- this, well, yeah, the walk and talk's got to get in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just it, like we have to have witty banter, you know, every. Point five milliseconds, and it's like you have you have good stuff in there. Just stop falling back on that all the time. Well, at so. least it's not like Dawson's Creek where you've got like teenagers doing. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> using SAT words and they <laughs> can barely pass sophomore year. <laughs> uh, number nine uh, to me, this would go higher, but uh, that's David Simon's The Wire on HBO. Yes, which uh, brings tears to my eyes. Such a fantastic show, um, end to end. Uh, 
you know, they never thought they were going to get to be able to complete that story. And if you listen to Alec Baldwin's podcast where he talks to David Simon, it's it's really endearing. And, you know, he's having a lot of trouble with Tremay, or he did. And obviously that show's over. Um, Is Tremay over? Yeah. I, I mean, they, they got they got a, a shortened final season. And he was trying to do something that wasn't crime-based, but he's like, obviously America just only is interested in crime and murder. Um, he was trying to do something that wasn't, you know. Maybe maybe from him. Yeah, I was well, there's plenty of other shows that don't yeah, don't cover that. But he's like, you know, the obviously what they want from HBO is is something a little more action filled, and and The Wire provided was just a very well structured, thought out story end to end, and it's still one of my favorite series of all time. Wire is like the top of it's my, like one top of my top one A one B very much for me, yeah. especially when it comes to writing. I mean, there was there were no. Big actors. Yeah. Nope. I mean, even though you had one main character, to, so to speak, most McNulty, but yeah. You didn't exactly. have McNulty season in season four. four. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, he wasn't even him. So that, that shows you that the writing and the, and the character creation is what's driving this story. It was great yeah. the way that they would move around from season to season to different sections of Baltimore, yeah. different people in Baltimore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, and, I think Simon, he, I mean, he got, yeah. it was a couple of years ago, he got like what's it called, like a MacArthur, like Genus Grant. Yeah, like he's uh, my his his mind is is amazing, and yeah. and he's not gonna be the type that kind of like you know like you know uh, or uh, you know uh, people uh, network is gonna be like hey can you you know dumb this down or yeah. do this he's not gonna conform what? to any audience. That's what he said was um you know he very rarely heard from HBO as far as you know a lot of of course your big three networks like. You get a lot of notes from the executives. Sure. And he said on the, the interview with Al Baldwin that he's like, we very rarely would hear from the executives about what we could do and what we couldn't do. And we had a lot of free reign to do what we wanted to. And so that enabled us to tell the story. And they loved, HBO loved the show and they enabled them to grow. Yeah. And I really like the fact they just got some random street actors in that show. Yeah. 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 A, lot, like, a lot of Baltimore people that yeah. were natives. Like and... Snoop was a oh, yeah. Baltimore native and obviously is back in jail now. Yeah. Like committing Actually, murder. That was a very good GQ article on her about yeah. how, how deep in the game she really was. Yeah. I was just like, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> what does the character Omar, she play? Omar is like an all time classic character. Yeah. I mean, they have all kinds of. Yeah, many. I mean, from Omar to Stringer. Stringer's, yeah, Bulk, classic. I, I mean, there's so many characters yeah, that I Bunk enjoyed. Too. Yeah. Oh, it, it just Elba. I mean, I feel like that show, not that he wasn't a respected actor already in Britain, but that really put him in the spotlight the American audiences. And then I feel like then when he went back to Britain, it, re- it like put that much bigger of a spotlight on him to where he was able to get like Luther, which I still haven't seen. It's in my queue. I just heard it's coming. Well, oh, well I've, that, it's supposed to get stopped after two seasons, but I just heard they're coming up with a third. So. Oh, really? I, I, I've well, seen Luther. And I, I've heard I, Luther I, is but, awesome. If it wasn't for The Wire, he wouldn't have been in The Big C or in The Office yeah. or a lot of yeah. these other things. I mean, Nobody that made his knew he was British. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> he's, right. such a, he's such a fantastic actor. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the guy that uh, that played uh, Omar, who, you know, obviously went on to do Boardwalk in, Empire. Yeah. He's and, great uh, in Boardwalk Empire, too. And, you know, he has and a big... community as well. Yeah. And just a big, like, just felt real. In so many ways, yeah. and felt authentic and and uh, relatable in so many yeah. ways. And, and the thing is, I think what's interesting about that is like the the people behind it had some empirical knowledge of that world. Yeah. David Simon Cub was worked for the Baltimore <laughs> Sun for years, yeah. and uh, and he would cover the the cop beat. Yeah, De, uh, was it um, 
Was it the guy that Edward Norton? I think that's his name Edward. I think uh, Edward or it's Edward Burns. Ed Edward Burns. Burns. Yeah. Yeah. He cut. Not he, the actor. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. both of them are actors. Yeah. If you think. True. <laughs> but um, he was a cop for years, and I think I don't know if it was Ed Burns or Simon that was a teacher as well. So both of them were everything they they all, every season that every topic they covered they had some experience deep in. experience yeah. in. I think that definitely you know not many people not many shows. Had creators that were like, you know, I was, dad did whatever I'm writing about. I was in this world for, yeah. you know, deep into it. I know what it's like. So that's what like helped really gave it some layers. Yeah. And it's something that like I can, and I've probably seen The Wire a few, t- probably, I think probably two or three times. Cause I got into it late, which I think pretty much everybody got yeah. into it late. Oh, yeah. I could, you know, I don't know. I don't know anybody that could say I was within yeah. the Watching Wire it from the beginning, day yeah. one, you know? Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, there's not very many people. If they well, you even said that the the DVD. If it weren't for the DVD market, they would not have survived. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what enabled them to get the latter seasons was because they had the DVD yeah. market. And that's that's the beauty. Once again, I have to give it to HBO because you know any other any other network would have said, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, but they believe they. I think, and, that, and that's, this actually goes back to the days when Chris Albrecht, who unfortunately had a. a He's still alive, but he had a very untimely demise with it, with HBO, where like he like it was like a I don't know if it was like it was like a drunken thing or a, yeah. maybe underage. It was he had some little Something issues weird. with yeah. that yeah. where he you know had to leave. But he was the guy that greenlit Sopranos, greenlit Six Feet Under, green greenlit The Wire and Oz. He was the brain. I mean, which yeah. freaking gave because like if you if you think about it, this was a time when like you know people were you know slowly. You know, um, the the cable channels weren't like you know people weren't like it was, so we were moving away from like you didn't have to rely on the cable channels to 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 get to see a movie you right know, you had you know and and luckily they, I mean it wasn't as deep as the way it is now like I mean if they didn't have Redbox then but it was coming there you had TiVo you had all this stuff that you know so, I don't need I don't need these you know HBO to see a movie I can I can get it eventually because it's because I think the releases to, from from movies to DV, from yeah, DVDs DVD. were starting at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it was smart for them to say, "Hey, we need to develop some some good programming to yeah. keep our subscribers." Because absolutely, just saying that we're going to play Dark Knight Rises in two weeks isn't going to be a big deal. Exactly. So apparently, Chris Albrecht was forced out or, or resigned because uh, he was charged and arrested for assaulting a woman in a Las Vegas parking lot. Ah, yeah. Well, so see, that was that was that, that's unfortunate, but. And he was he was a big part of their you yeah. know you know their but what he, made them what they are now yeah um and if you haven't seen the wire go watch the corner which was the miniseries or, part yeah, of that even a homicide or homicide sometimes yeah creative, straight. and sometimes creative people assault people in parking lot I, I do mean, that all the time that's what we say that's, 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 that's like that's our motto hey it's a form of art yeah. sometimes you sometimes you slip on those creative juices <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> That's what people uh, are always saying. Sometimes creative people do things to people in parking lots. <laughs> Number eight, uh, we briefly touched on Cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers One, belongs there. That definitely yeah. top ten material, yeah. Like we were saying in the part that may or may not actually be in this episode about Larry Sanders' <laughs> show being a kind of a creative you know, turn, Cheers was too. I mean, so a lot yeah. of the humor in Cheers for the time period it came out was way ahead of its time. Yeah. You know, what was that, 1982? Or when did, when did it start, 81? Um... 
I can't even remember. A, it's an excellent early question. 80s, but it's an excellent question, it's Dustin. It's just taxi. Yeah, I think it ran the whole decade of, exactly. the, of, the, of the 80s. Yeah, much. it was 82 to 1993. I mean, taxi was a big deal at the time, but it took the basic taxi formula and turned yeah. it into a juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. You know, of, of a, it pushed the envelope more than taxi. The fact that it was able to survive the loss of Diane. Yeah. You know, and, and actually not only survive the loss, but turn it into something loss. better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with I mean, Rebecca. And, and it took, you know, this idea of, you know, okay, we have one central area and we have a certain wacky characters who hang yeah. out making comedic remarks about whatever. You know, and they took that that cheers formula from the same creators yeah. and they just pumped it into this you know a, a type of situational comedy that's still being used today yeah yeah it's phenomenal oh yeah they definitely established a, a new bedrock of situational comedy definitely which you saw influence later in friends and other shows exactly, oh, yeah. yeah all that stuff yeah yeah I would, I would say anybody that's a big fan of cheers should there was uh one of those like uh what they call i don't know that the term that you call it when like they like when they had like, interview all like, the old actors and creators <coughs> from that time, and like kind of like say you know what the fuck they, I don't know what the term is, but like uh, they do an article and they like um, kind of like a you know a retrospective retrospective kind yeah. of thing, and they they you know the, the other actors like would say you know like, talk about the times you know how things are going and with this you know especially like leading up to it like because you know it doesn't there's always some issues of like. You know, is it gonna make it? Is it gonna stay in the air? And I don't I think it was in Variety or something like that. But it was a, or it was, yeah. it was a great article. I read yeah. it. Uh, number seven, I'm not surprised by because I love the show. But number seven is Mad Men from AMC. Oh yeah, Matthew I'm, Weiner. I'm, I'm not caught up with Weiner. I'm, I'm just oh, Julian. My wife and I just caught uh, finished season four, so we're not quite caught up. Right. Yet. But so far, you know, so great. I am we love it. So that's I'm trying to think of where you. That's are. Uh, we, six where, is on now. Where right? we ended. Uh, who's, he, who's the broad? Was he, who's the broad? He was banging. He that just one. asked um, his secretary <laughs> with the uh, the cute girl with the fucked up teeth. Megan. Just okay. Capari. Yeah. He, he just asked gotcha. her to marry so you're, him. You're a season and a half yeah, behind. Yeah, we've got, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, season three quarters. It's almost over. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, and so they are ending the show. Uh, with a defendant. Well, no, uh, well, no the, the season's, season's so, almost over. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the so they're not. Yeah, the finale uh, is tomorrow. Is, so it's, it's tomorrow. not like a Breaking yeah. Bad type situation no. where they're trying to. Okay, okay. I think they've got one more season after this. I was going to say it's about done. It probably should be about done. Yeah, I think, I think we've got one solid season See, left. See, we done. actually, yeah. Julie and I were talking about this the other day, and we were like, you know, Mad Men doesn't really have the same sort of thing that uh, Breaking Bad or Fringe or anything like that that seems to have like a definitive end. Like, Madman seems like it could go on for as long as you wanted it to. It could, but it could, I don't yeah. I don't feel like the Don Draper character could go on that long. You think and not? he is such a he's such a central point sure. like he's got an end he's got a start and an end point. Yeah, yeah. He's I got a, a half life. Once he's fully destructed, I think we're yeah. probably done with him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well I mean that's a good thing. He gets point. more and more destructed and, and as we go along. I just yeah. didn't see it as much as like a breaking bad where breaking bad definitely has like oh, yeah. you can't sure. it's not as definitive as that. It's yeah. not it's not, but I, I also don't think we want to see for me, I don't want to see the Sterling Cooper Draper Price crew go into the 70s like i'm uh, I'm very much of like i want to see them going up to like 1969 <laughs> see the moon launch and then we're done and that's the i have a feeling when we may see the 70s in the last we season. might i mean we might but like i don't have a it great would be, it would be weird because that's, i mean obviously they they're especially with if you know matthew weiner he's very into being as far as with the period with the styles yeah and the whatnot because i mean you Gross. know like for the actors on that show like like you know john ham can't even work out because that's not what 
the guys did right. back in that time. So right, he's got to maintain that. It would be, that, it'll be yeah. weird to see to you know see that go on. I think it's like it's it's a, it's a period piece which yes you could keep on going, but <laughs> the seventies was still a very interesting age for advertising. Uh, you had a lot of people who were working in advertising who were like also like working at National Lampoon magazine. Yeah. I mean, it could make a. It could. I it mean, could, but, how, but, how, but how were the? I wonder how were the small agencies? Because I mean, you got to realize that Sterling Cooper is still a relatively small agency when it comes to the big. No, that's not a bad know, point. They're not. And, you know, I don't know if they would. If they would the pro- keep going. This but thing. I feel like you would exhaust the the uh, Don Draper character. Like at exactly, that point, I feel yeah. like seven seasons is enough for Definitely, that character, yeah. his yeah. journey. And I feel like you like who do you replace? Like Peggy's not a strong enough character to replace him, you know. And uh, there's nobody right. to replace him. And Pete would not. No, no, <laughs> nobody wants a show about Pete. No, nobody wants a. But I, I will say, like this show absolutely deserves this. I don't know if it's necessarily should be this high, but it deserves a high spot just because of the subtext of the show. There's so many glances and and uh, subtle comments and things in the background that you see that. Yeah, it's really, really well. If done. I was gonna say like, what show do I like better overall? And I, you know, like I could rewatch, and I mean, I could rewatch Mad Men too. But I would probably rate Breaking Bad higher. But yeah. I can totally understand where the Writers Guild would write Mad Men higher. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking I mean, this is a writer's yeah. wet dream. Yeah. Absolutely, well, they, they are you know? doing a uh, Breaking Bad spinoff, right? With Sal, supposedly, yeah, yeah. or Saul. We'll Saul. see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, better call Saul. we'll see. Uh, number six, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Mary Tyler Moore Show is greatness too. It was above Dick Van Dyke. It's another James L. Brooks. I don't know that. It's a, what? Yeah, wow. yeah, another James L. Brooks. <laughs> you fucking kidding? Isn't that, that crazy? No, that dude that, yeah. racked him up, man. It's it's his last entry in the top uh, six. But uh, yeah, guy, so, yeah. so unfortunate. Was it like his first show. Um, maybe it's got to be. Up wow. There. Yeah. yeah, that's impressive. I mean, because that's we're not even touching his, the movies he's done. No. Lot, which I don't know if he's done like really big movies, but still. oh, I mean, he's had uh, what. As good as it gets, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah, he did. He, as, that as good guy as it has got longevity. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. That is fucking amazing. Mary Tyler Moore was a great. It was a great setup. Have you ever watched the show much? Comedy Anybody? juggernaut. Yeah, no, I have. I, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It, I definitely know it. It triggered as far as like certain female led comedies. Well, just having the the home life with her friends there, and then having the work life with Lou Grant character, and having Ted, you know, Ted Knight in there, Mr. and then having. Grant. Yeah, just having that whole like even when they're at work, she's almost just like the straight person that's dealing with everybody yeah. else, and everybody else is what really makes the show. And it's it's yeah. just really well written that way, and really kind of she's kind of the straight person at home too. Like it's a comedy classic. Yeah, you know, you had the Rota spinoff from that. You, I mean, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I, uh, I, was, I knew there was a number of spinoffs that came from that. Was no Rota and Maude or just yeah. Rota? Uh, Rota, uh, there was Rota, and then Maude was off all Mod, of the family. Yeah, yeah Maude okay. came off, but there was another spinoff. There was more than just Rota. There was a uh, Lou Grant. Yeah, yeah they did Lou Grant, but that was a weird spinoff. That was like a drama. Yeah. It was a drama, but it was a spinoff. It was, it was it, but it came after Mary Tyler Moore. I know, but I, I, I know, but I'm just saying it's a weird spinoff from a comedy series to have a. And even if you think about, it, I mean, there was even though it wasn't a spinoff, it was a almost a derivative of the was it uh, that girl? Oh, uh, Thomas? Thomas. Yeah, Marla oh, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't have you know other. I mean, other than well, I mean, Eli of Lucy wasn't even a, it was different because it wasn't it was her and then still her husband, even though she was the main person, but. Yeah. I mean, but that type of you know show with Mary Tyler Moore, I think that was like, oh, we can have like a very you know, 
the girl doesn't have to have a husband or a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, she yeah. can just be the. And I think that she can be girl by was, herself. Yeah. And I remember them yeah. talking about again back in the Nick at Night days when they throw out little tidbits or whatever. Yeah. That they intentionally went into her origin story in the beginning of Mary Tyler Moore, so it didn't look like she divorced Dick Van Dyke and moved to Minneapolis. To, a lot of people yeah. to do this because yeah. that's what people thought originally. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of an interesting, yeah. interesting backstory. But yeah, I, I would, I would rate it. Actually, above, I'd probably rate it above Dick Van Dyke in quality. Really? Yeah, it's it's a better written show overall, and it holds up better too. If you like watch it now, yeah. it's 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 just funnier. I haven't seen it since I was in high school. Yeah, it's funnier and not just such a campy way that Dick Van Dyke's funny. It's actually really funny. It's interesting that you guys know these two old. Oh shows. yeah, yeah. I used to watch oh, them all yeah. the time. <laughs> you uh, could throw in Get Smart in there. You could throw in a lot of oh, stuff from yeah. back in the day that we watched. But now one that was on Nick. Uh, Nick and I all the time that I hated. It's was just on everything. This no, show's on everything. Number five, MASH. Uh, never never, never understood MASH. The never, movie was pretty good. I never saw the movie, but I never but got the... The TV show beat me. I never got the TV show. I never understood yeah, it. Yeah, it's a little dramatic. Yeah. Or, uh, but Even that, I never thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was like so dramatic that it was difficult as a comedy, which ostensibly I think it was supposed to be. But, yeah, you know, I mean... I. I don't know. Maybe that's a generational thing. I, mean, I think it might be. My dad loves Mash. My dad loves Mash too. Yeah, my dad did. Show, but uh, I mean, they put a laugh track in there, and it's weird. Yeah, it's like ha ha, we're in war. It's funny stuff. <laughs> it's funny because it is true. Yeah, but the movie, you know, obviously no laugh track or anything in there. It just an Altman movie. Yeah, 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 it was it was pretty good quality, and it had decent humor and a lot of drama in it. So it just I think it worked really well. But the TV series, I just never. I mean, I mean I, yeah, I can I can't see how it works well in general, but maybe just for select audiences, right? Yeah. I mean, that was what still has probably the record for. Oh, most watched finale. Most yeah. watched finale. Yeah, they they. It was funny. They said that. Uh, I think there were water shortages because everybody would take bathroom breaks at the ah. exact same time, <laughs> and so they would everybody would flush their toilets at roughly the exact same and time. Get back. That's yeah. awesome. Exactly. That's, that's interesting. I mean that that would, I mean oh obviously I get you know there were a few channels so yeah, yeah. whatnot but no, that's awesome. yeah I don't, I don't even I mean well, with my family I mean I don't, there's, I don't know anybody that's ever like you know had mash stories. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the number, mean streets of Saxy. They didn't watch Mash. <laughs> uh, number number four. Uh, a show I, I watched some, but didn't you know? Wasn't ever hardcore on. Was All in the Family. With, okay, it's a classic. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's funny show. Top five, uh, you know, l- l- characters. In yeah, the absolutely, oh, course, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that, obviously groundbreaking. I set precedents. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would. I just didn't ever like latch onto it. But it's a funny show. It's still funny. It broke so much ground. It was really witty like you know all the stuff they did with sammy davis and yeah um they did so many things that you couldn't do now yeah you couldn't do that and that was the beginning of the norman Norman lear era yeah of him just being and you know because you had that and then from that you had the jeffersons yeah i mean and that was it was a taboo i mean shit i think i think i think archie would be a taboo character now yeah Oh yeah! Oh, it's, it's, it's it's actually potentially offensive now. Yeah, but you know, I, I do feel yeah. it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I feel like that role in a much more ignored fashion has been filled by Larry David on Kirby Enthusiasm. I could see that. Like he addresses all like uh, the Katrina when he ta- uh, you know takes in the Katrina yeah, family. It's more like oblique, yeah. though. It's it, not, it is. It's, know, not, it's not so blunt. Like it's it was not as that. blunt. But yeah. I feel like he's tried to 
cover some of that same territory, you yeah, know? Yeah, the, the curmudgeon, the white curmudgeon. The white curmudgeon <laughs> who's <laughs> taking on all these stereotypes and, yeah. you know. Yeah, he'll, he'll, bring, he'll, he'll allow you into his home, but, you yeah, know, he's, right. he's watching. He still has his ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I mean, I, I still love the the, the theme song. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe they did a spinoff and did Archie's place and Archie yeah. Bunker's place, and then had Edith die in it because yeah. she wanted off the show. Yeah, and... Edith, Edith actually just recently died. I think yeah. she sampled in his yeah yeah, yeah. Died, a couple, like, a couple, couple weeks ago. Yeah. Just crazy they got into all that, but anyway. yeah. Uh, number three, um, I watched a lot of, but I don't remember that many episodes of, other than the the big hits, was the Twilight Zone. Okay, yeah. Rod Serling. The, um, yeah, I don't. The landmark sci-fi. I mean, I remember the like the pig faced episode and uh, oh, a couple others, but you know, I watched them some of the between that and Alfred Hitchcock presents. I was going to say up, they're very similar. I would watch them Alfred back Hitchcock. to back, it's, but it's you earned, know, it's earned its spot. I mean, oh yeah, even if we can't remember any particular. Well, I'm not sure it deserves number this three. High? I don't well, know. Number three, it's, yeah. It has deserved a spot. It deserves well, yeah, a spot. Definitely, yeah. I, mean, I don't know that it deserves number three. Perhaps not. With its, you know, with, you know, creating a genre and whatnot. Turning things on its head, sure. But number three, uh, I feel like it's pretty, a little too yeah, high. I would agree. A genre pretty. that is still being kind of slavishly, you know, imitated to this day, you know, uh, even though it was the episode of the week, uh, the Twilight Zone uh, method is still kind of being copied by you know whether you say like you know creep show or you yeah. know, it, even though it wasn't technically an anthology it sort of had that same sort of sure. feel to it you know? I'm sure the Murrow family would have some bones to pick about this <laughs> sure too soon I mean Matt you know Matt, <laughs> it was copied as mo- most recently as what Masters of Horror uh, yeah Masters of Horror I mean was, that that, that whole recent. style still yeah. continues the episode of the week uh, number two and I actually think this I Actually, I believe this deserves to be number one, but Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Still holds up incredibly well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even yeah, the, yeah, it's still, actually, it's still it's on Crackle. I don't even know how many in the, seasons, the weird HD format that TNT or TBS put it into. Yeah. Uh, the weird widescreen format. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I remember, like, I was, this is me being young and stupid and not fully <laughs> understanding, but I remember, like, I, the first, I think when, it first, when they first brought out Seinfeld, it was gonna be, they they marketed it as like a half hour of stand up of Seinfeld yeah. and a half hour of, of the sitcom, <laughs> right? And so I, I remember I, for whatever reason I remember myself saying, "What the hell is this Seinfeld thing? One hour, half hour stand up, half hour sitcom? Like it'll never work, you know?" Yeah. <laughs> as me as like a twelve year old. <laughs> well, you weren't wrong. <laughs> it didn't work like that. Yeah, it didn't. True. Because uh, they ended up doing intros and outros to stand up, and obviously, and, yeah. and, right. and this once again, this this well, this is one of the, the you know back in the era where you you know same with music where you gave like things time, you know, yeah, you know, oh the, yeah, the, they it would have been canceled, footing, yeah. yeah, yeah, that first season with the pink apartment, oh shaky, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really shaky. George is a real estate agent and all that, so it's like ah, this is not this is not very good. But they gave it time to breathe, and you know they yeah. ended up obviously being. One of the smartest written shows and most watched television shows yeah, of all time. Sure. If you ignore the finale, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was like I think that was kind of like the word you're. I think the, the it was like the blessing and the curse of the blessing was with being a show about nothing. You could do whatever you right. wanted, but then when you got an ending, it's like, well, what the hell? What do, do you do? do now? Yeah. yeah. So 
Seinfeld is the other end of, again, probably something didn't make the cut, but of the Six yeah. Feet Under talk we had earlier about being the perfect finale. This is the, the pretty much the opposite. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, and it was, which is important because like, you had, I think, probably the second audience <laughs> under, under Oz, under yeah. not Oz, but MASH, Mash that, yeah. that watched it and was like, what the hell is this? But, yeah. I mean, I get what they try to do, but yeah, but I mean, at this point in time, you can forgive it. It's like, they show them being assholes, and that's how they ended it, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, I understand exactly. that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's just so much gold. Yeah, there. there's so much gold. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, there's. I think it's funny that Curb Your Enthusiasm with the Seinfeld reunion, they reference how bad the last episode is multiple times in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They accused of and, it. and you can just catch up with uh, Seinfeld on Curb Your Enthusiasm. You can just kind of keep it going. Yeah. You know, yeah. And they, those characters that are those actors he's, regularly show up. Yeah, I mean, he's very much George Costanza too. Anyway, I mean, Larry David. That, well, that, mm-hmm. that was the original setup. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's and that is, I mean, the logical. And they have that debate that. within the show within Kirby enthusiasm is like he thinks it was about George Costanza and everybody else thinks it was about Jerry right. Seinfeld. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so I would, I would side with the being about George Costanza side. Yeah. Actually, Kirby, a lot of it was. Where did Curb Your Enthusiasm end up? Did it end up on this list? At it's all? it's uh, down there. Somewhere. It's down there somewhere. It's got to be on the list. It's somewhere. still it's so weird how it's uh, it's been, been off for three years. I guess because they it, don't factor in. They figure it's a lot of it's improv, so they don't yeah. see it as a truly a writing. True. Really? Thing. Okay. I mean, they still you know. Set but up. I, I know from my um, going it was number to, thirty. Uh, okay, oh, okay. That was not too that's, bad. That's fair. Yeah. Going back to my my screenwriting class in college was uh, so as one of like the when we when we got like a for a treatment. I remember like the the sample treatment we got. Like here's you know here's how a good one looks. I think actually I think they took like a, somebody that that wrote it for, like a couple of years ago. Like a student. how is your pie? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, as for like the, the teleplay. I remember the Chinese restaurant from Seinfeld was the one that was like, here's how that was a brilliant a episode. Yeah. play is supposed to. I think be. that was one of the first episodes I ever saw was the the Chinese restaurant episode because it was Which, yeah. A lot of those sitcoms could do that. Like even going back to Friends, there's an episode where Ross is going to give some speech or something, and everybody has to get ready, and, it, and yeah. the whole thing takes place just in the apartment, yeah. and yeah. it never yeah, leaves. I, I think it's what we call a ball episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's very. You don't have things you include everybody, all the actors. Right. Sometimes it's like very few actors, and it's always one scene, right, or one setting. Yeah, and it's just master. Yeah, so that's when you can do that. That's yeah, great writing and. The fact that I mean that, and that's why Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld are fucking <laughs> loaded as hell. Right yeah, now. exactly. You know, they can do. Jerry's got a hanger of Porsches. Comedians sure in the car with coffee or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and the number one show. Uh, not surprised. Not sure it should actually be this high, but uh, The Sopranos. Okay. Chase. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jimmy. Oh uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I I love The Sopranos, um, but you know the uh, season six part one was such a bad. Piece of drama, <laughs> so boring. Yeah. You like Kaisha? And I and, and I have to, have to say, I'm going to have to put myself out here right now and, and embarrass myself, but so that I can save myself in the future. I have still not seen The Sopranos. Not a ne- really? one episode. Wow, Julie, my wow. my wife Julie, she's that's our next show to watch. Yeah, it's uh, you got to go through it. I mean, it's great. It's you, great to I watch. Mean, it just and also like those like your complaint about season six part one. That was really a big complaint at the time because Sopranos took like 50 yeah, years in between each season. Exactly. So you're like, oh, right. we can't, we waited this long for this. Uh, there are one or two, but yeah. One or two years between seasons. And, and see, it didn't crazy. bother me because I watched them all on DVD until, the, fun, until yeah. the finale. But I got started and then I, you know, kind of went back and forth. 
yeah. I was definitely locked in that for starting with the season six yeah. part A, whatever. Yeah. But um, but I mean, I get it because obviously that this changed the game. Yeah. And it, 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 oh yeah, it starts with did. the show. It starts with the creator. It starts with the actor. Sure. The main actor, you know, of that anti-hero being. Oh, we can. People want to root for this guy. Yeah. They don't have to be dashing and handsome. You know, Don Draper, like he was in around then. Yeah. To be accepted, and that was a new thing. And that, oh, and like one, like one of the there's a a critics. Uh, I think like probably like, uh, like the last few years, I used to read these New Jersey critics who are now like online critics now. There's Matt, Matthew Zoller, Seitz, and Alan Sepinwall. They work for, used to work for the New Jersey paper, New yeah. Jersey Star Ledger, and so they they both of them always said that like people thought that this was a this is a show about. They thought it was a mob show about a guy with a family. Yeah. No, it was a family. It was a family drama about a guy and the mob. That's right. what it was. It was not. Yes, I, I mean, you saw you, you people would probably would watch to see what, who got whacked and sure. all this other shit and what happened at the bada bing. But no, it was it was a true. I mean, there was a lot of nuances to Tony Soprano, and that's what I thought was ama- was amazing yeah. about what Gandolfini did. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> and, so I guess no movie at this point, right? <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going to happen anyway, bro. But you know, I mean, if it weren't for the Sopranos, we wouldn't have Breaking Bad. We wouldn't have the Shield. We wouldn't have you know, probably wouldn't have Six Feet Under. We probably wouldn't have had all these other shows. Like yeah, it was a lot of HBO shows. The groundbreaker yeah. for the wouldn't have Dexter. It was the template. Like it was the the sledgehammer that just kind of broke its, it's way It's the one that really kicked it up a notch after Oz. I mean, yeah, we'd had Dream On and Oz, but it was Dream. the one that really made it Mind legitimate. Might have married man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, yeah. it really made Tell it... Tales from the Crypt reruns. And, yeah. <laughs> it really made it legitimate, a legitimate alternative to standard broadcast TV. Yeah. And even even to, even to put, take it another step, like, I know most of those shows kind of like emulated the whole anti-theoretical thing, but I think... It also made other cable channels step up their their network, yeah. their programming. Oh, it did for sure. Like, okay, we can't just try to outbid other networks for for the next movie. Yeah, we have to like get some scripted shit going because have to get our, this, yeah. this is where we're going. Yeah. So it definitely, it made TV better. Definitely. Yeah. And now you can see that because ABC, CBS, and NBC are all in, all in decline, especially NBC, but they're all in NBC, decline. But I mean, it's like, it, it's, and it's and obviously it's interesting out. we do this. Yeah. Now, I mean, because it's 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 unfortunate that you know uh, James Gandolfini, you know, just recently passed. And what's going back to how we, you know we're talking about Mad Men, how those those actors can't do certain things because they're it's a period thing. Well, even though Mad Men wasn't a period thing, it was like that character. Yeah. I mean, not that Gandolfini was a you know a, a regularly a, a small Sopranos guy, wasn't a period but, thing. He always had to kind of like be like, I can't ever try to like even think about losing weight because yeah. I have to at least still be relatively big because that's who my character, the character is. Character, yeah. Oh, and he didn't think about it because he got bigger and bigger as each well, season went along. Yeah, he, yeah. he did do that. But, <laughs> He's considerably but, thinner in season one than season six. Well, well yeah, but I'm just saying, but that yeah. wasn't something that he True. could even think about. I mean, that, that, yeah. I mean, I, I read. Oh yeah, you can't that, have Iron Man. He thought about was yeah. like, you know, well, you know, I would like to, you know, try to like work on my health. But oh, wait a minute, I'm playing a fucking fat Italian guy. Hey, sorry, yeah. you got to you got to keep your type two diabetes. Sorry, uh, Gandolfini. Uh, the only guy that was allowed to was. <laughs> The that one gangster that had the gastric bypass like halfway through the the show, 
the, oh, the, the really fat guy. But, yeah, the but, one with Johnny Johnny you know, Flapjacks uh, or whatever. Which, which that was a weak season. Yeah, it was. With fucking ugh. Johnny Flapjacks or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Cakes. Johnny yeah, Cakes. Johnny Cakes, yeah. <laughs> The, the old cakes. Johnny Cakes. Oh, yeah. God. He was the only one. He finds his, ma- his magical towel with yeah. where everybody's my horny level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That, 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 so that's, I mean, that, I can see why that's people would bitch about. So I was like, hey, yeah. those look a little like, weird, random like detours of like, what the fuck's going well, I, on? I will say, watching, I picked it up, I think, in 2001 is when I started watching it real time. Because I watched the first, I got the first season for Christmas. That year, and I watched. I probably went out and bought the next two seasons, and I watched them all in probably two oh, weeks. And then I picked it up with season four after the after nine eleven, and then which they commented on, and then I watched it real time, and I was so frustrated. But you know, maybe going watching it back to back to back wouldn't be such a bad thing. So yeah, and, oh, and, and in the end, I think it ended well. That's what I think is helps Sopranos is the last that that season six part two. Was much better. It yeah. was a murderous row of freaking episodes. Yeah, I mean, because you knew something was going to happen, and you know, and obviously that one, the fact that that last episode just made people like go like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and like part of you can be like, I think that the whole like the 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 shit that people still kind of like talk about, like, "Oh, what really happened?" I mean, yeah. you know, is is amazing. And they, they, I've seen so many like different like websites like how there's like deep. Like analysis of like, oh, well, this this you know if you Rival. see like you know a couple of, a couple of scenes before this the the imagery the background shows you that there was an angel yeah. in a picture that, that shows that Tony was dying you know it was, like, it, it really? was insane yeah it was it was it was an interesting ending I mean oh, rim shot. Uh, but you know very well <laughs> done series and <laughs> it is if it weren't for that then we wouldn't have all these other great shows we'd be stuck with uh, CSI the Poteet. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I don't know how much of that episode we got, but uh, you know, I think that's enough. Rival. That cookie shit makes me nervous. All right. Well, you can a lot find of soprano us. Soprano drops randomly in there. Uh, Twitter.com/slash/thebreakroom/slash/the slash the DWS9775 slash the mark four six nine six six five nine eight two seven. You can call us at that number. Uh, slash Zedbo three three four slash Kit Lively. Uh, God, it's fucking three thirty in the morning. It's three thirty in the morning. We do an all nighter. Yeah, I think we went quite a long time. That we're gonna start the next show at four. <sighs> I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna talk about the next next session. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash uh, Breakroom Show. MySpace.com slash The yeah. Room. Gotta get that in there. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Yo, what's up? This is Jersey Todd from the Jersey Peace. Todd Show at www.jerseytoddshow.com. Love you. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Podcast. Zed, Kid, Nate, what's up, F13, Jason, uh, Mike, Stephen, Mike, and Thomas, of course, who's resting comfortably. Right. Makes it sound like he's dying or something, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh, ring shot! It's sometime in the future. The ultimate challenge. Crossfire.
cinema has been around for over 100 years. Its history is long and varied. Each film has a story to tell, and the 15-Minute Movie Podcast covers the history of cinema through the actors, writers, directors, producers, and themes. Each episode, you'll find out about the history of movies in just 15 minutes. Go to 15mmp.com or check it out on Stitcher, iTunes, or Miro. We got you now, Shredhead! The turtles have Shredder pinned down and are rolling their pizza thrower into position! I'll blast you with the retro mutagen! But before he can act, the pizza thrower's adjustable aim and motorized firing action give Shredder and his henchmen their jot desserts! You clogged my gun with anchovies! The turtles and their portable pizza thrower triumph again! Why are we so happy? We just lost our lunch! From Playmates!
Funding for this program was made possible by the Corporation for Pop Syndicate Podcasting and by annual financial support from viewers like you. This is The Break Room.